Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Big Brother Club for Grown Men, a podcast where we discuss life and all its surrounding factors. My name is Chris Blunt, and let's have a conversation. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Big Brother Club for Grown Men. Thank you for listening. This is the episode where we talk about emotions and managing emotions. I always think it's interesting and a complex thing when we're dealing with black men and emotions. A lot of times we are caught in this position to like manage them in the sense of keeping it all in, or we do the thing where it's it's sort of like a um, I like to I like to think of it as respectability politics, whether it be social or whether it be personal. We're all kind of put into these boxes to remain stoic or cool, calm, and collective. And rarely do we get the freedom to actually express ourselves. This particular episode, I have an open discussion with the panel that includes my friend Charles, um, who's a dentist, um, Wind, who's a theater professor, Jabari, who is a professional working in the arts, um, and also Davon, which is a young, young gentleman doing his thing on YouTube. It's a very profound and fun conversation. We get into a lot of like heavy stuff. Uh, so trigger warning for uh, some heavy, heavy talks with regarding depression, death, or, or just overall like stress. So, but it's still a fun conversation. We had a good time. We, we sat around and all had some whiskey and it, the vibes were really good. So it was very productive conversation. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed recording this. It was always good. So thank you all. And without further ado, here's a next episode of Big Brother Club for Grown Men. I generally feel like, especially nowadays, it's like that, like stuff like this is not get time school. Like I, I don't know why vital subjects that you need to progress throughout your life does not get taught in the school system. Like how to manage. Oh, is, is it going? Yeah, it's going. Yeah. yeah. Like vital subjects, like this subject right now, managing mm-hmm. your emotions was not taught in high school. You know, mm-hmm. what was taught algebra. Yeah. And algebra too. Well, you know, a lot of that came under the, the guise of home training, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, mm. but not a lot of home training really gets done That's true. for the most part. And, or in the world looks different. I think the world is different now. Um, we we do things differently as far as like how we how we manage with discipline, how we manage with dealing with with our family members, whether mm-hmm. it's kids, your wife, your your partners, everything, right? So it's 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 gonna be different. Mm-hmm. Um, man, first things first. I want to thank all y'all for being here. Like seriously, thank y'all for taking out the time to come. This means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> tonight, obviously, as we said before, we're gonna talk about managing emotions. Mm-hmm. So. I know I want to um, go around the room, and this is all about like, honestly, you know, definitely being vulnerable. Being vulnerable has always been an issue with men. I know it's been an issue with me, even though I've been known as being a very vulnerable person. But it still, it still becomes an issue when I have to share with people that I may not know or trust or shit, even know too well. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a, now I have a long term partner, my wife, and. Sometimes that's hard, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's all types of things. There's fear of rejection. There's like, how will they take this? Will they look at me differently? All these things come into play. Uh, when you when you all think about managing emotions, oh, 
Is that is that me? Oh, it's y'all. I anyway. turned my phone off. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. So yeah, to try to prevent that from happening. That's all good, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Look at him. So now nah, I'm a. I thought that was some theme music for us. Yeah, no, 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 no. That would be, no, no, no. I'm not there yet. Not there, not there yet. That's like, and now we have the band. <laughs> nah. So now, when y'all think about, I'm gonna ask y'all around the room. We can we can start off here. Uh, Devon, when when you think of managing emotions, what what comes to your mind? The first thing that pops in my head is the difference between negative emotions and positive emotions, mm-hmm. and. Every action that a human does is based off of the fact of are you going to do something positive or are you going to do something negative? Because mm-hmm. it's either good or evil, especially nowadays. There's no in between. It's either are you going to do something that's good for the world or are you going to do something that's bad for the world or even for yourself within the motion sense. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, in my perspective, I have found God and I have found basically my savior of someone that because there, there has to be something out there that is bigger than all of us and bigger than all of this. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't really understand is that your problems now is what is going to affect your problems in 10 years, 20 years. Like a lot of people are very impulsive nowadays, especially with the media and you know social media and everything. That That's my generation that these kids are standing on my shoulders. So it's my job to be that positive light for the younger people with, you know, my YouTube and everything. I'm driving it in a positive manner, especially in my city, because there's just so much negativity. People are now nowadays just more disconnected than ever. People don't have no communication skills. People don't know how to convey their, their thoughts and their emotions into words to tell other people of how they feel and, and what they think. Even myself, when I was younger, I didn't have that ability. Um, what helped me was obviously sales jobs. That's what really propelled me in my communication ability. But it's more just like finding it within yourself to understand you always have that free will of doing something positive or negative. So regardless of whenever you wake up, that conversation you have in the morning of, man, do I want to do I want to do this today or am I going to crush today? And am I, am I going to have the best day of my life? Because mm-hmm. tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. It is not promised. And even I see in my own family, people die. And it just, it kind of confirms to me of why I need to be the most positive human being on this planet, regardless mm-hmm. of any negative situation that gets thrown at me. So that's kind of yeah. my, my take on it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think... Uh... Learning to manage one's emotions um, is a journey. Uh, it's something that evolves as you evolve as a person. Uh, I definitely know that when I was a little bit younger than I am right now, uh, my emotions were fueled by a lot of self-talk. Uh, some of that was negative. A lot of it was negative. And um, it would impede action. Um, And uh, I think a lot of that kind of was helped along, I guess, in my life personally, by learning coping skills. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And some of that I found through counseling and some of that I found through just figuring out what worked the best for me. Uh, like just random stuff. Like I, I know um, I had a relationship that ended when I was in my 20s uh, and managing to live my day-to-day was a chore and a task because um, I was feeling such profound grief. Mm. Uh, And then years went by, um, and I still was in that place. I had family members pass on, and I had to figure out how to manage those emotions. Um, And then I found different things to express emotions. Like, I, I feel like when, like, when my dad died, I went to the gym and I was trying to lift every weight in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I felt like as a metaphorical structure, lifting the weight, uh, whether it was a bench press or a pull-up or lat pull-down, it kind of started metaphorically representing all of the things that I couldn't lift in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to f- figure out different coping mechanisms uh, is kind of... What has helped me to kind of like change how I manage emotions? I mean, and on a daily basis, I mean, different days are different. Like, you know, there's somebody at work that could uh, get under your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, how do you manage that? Do you, do you, I can't choose my first response. First of all, most of the time, I'm a black man in a white space. Mm-hmm. And my first response would be to be say, like, you know, tell people about themselves. Like, that's what we used to say when I, in the neighborhood I grew mm-hmm. up in. I'm going to tell you about yourself. Yeah. But that's not necessarily something you can do mm-hmm. in an environment uh, that, I mean, you could lose your employment or anything like that. And so, and also, I don't want to perpetuate any type of stereotype. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um, and so, you know, for me, uh, figuring those things out and figuring out how to manage those emotions has been a constant um, check and then recheck mm-hmm. um, as far as that's concerned. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What about you, Wynn? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a skill. I think it's a, something that takes a lot of time to develop. Um, but I also think it's kind of about language. You have to have a language or a vocabulary of emotions. I think um, mm. I kind of almost want to challenge this idea of managing rather mm. than um, regulating, right? Yeah. Um, because managing, I think men are taught to manage emotions, which means we don't have any. Or we have one, anger and whatever else we're allowed to feel. But once you do develop like a vocabulary that you are allowed to feel insecure, inadequate, um, envious, um, rageful, mm-hmm. then, then you can start to regulate between those. So for me, it's been a lot of just being able to define it. Because when I remember growing up, I was either happy or angry. And that's all I, not only the language I had, but that I felt able to perform. And I realized, you know, just uh, encountering other, especially male role models, that, oh, you're allowed to feel afraid. That's mm-hmm. also emotion, or intimidated. Mm-hmm. And then that allows you to kind of have more of a 
original and authentic experience. And then you can regulate those. Um, but I, I'm nervous about managing it because I was always good at managing it. Mm-hmm. People are like, you mm-hmm. you never get mad. You never get mad. Like, I'm always mad. I never get <laughs> a smile. I'm always <laughs> angry. That's like yes. the Hulk, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I, was, I was actually going to get into that because when I was young, like that was my favorite character growing up. I used to watch the Bill Bixby joints <laughs> oh, and man. I would love that character because when I was young, I didn't have a lot of control over my surroundings and my life in mm-hmm. certain spaces. Mm-hmm. And so that anger would sit inside. Yeah. But also, I, you know, when you're young and you're growing up in an old school black household, you're not allowed to have like a lot of opinions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I can, you know, you'd be like, watch your tone. You know what I'm saying? All that, all that stuff like that. Keep your inside voice or put your ass outside. So like, I would, I would, honestly, I would harbor that. I would keep that because I, you know, out of the, the guys are being respectful, right? I would hold in my own emotions. And then I remember one day, like, you know, Cat tested me at school and he got all the wrath that I had at home. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, yo, I can't hit my stepdad because he's obviously six foot five, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm going to whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was light. What he did probably didn't warrant that. I mean, he was bullying, so it was me taking up for myself. But also that anger didn't match. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. So that was the thing. It didn't, it didn't need that. And that's when I realized, oh man, your emotions are something that you have to regulate because mm-hmm. you can't go off like this. Yeah. Like I was only, I was in seventh grade or some shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm young. <laughs> but even then, I was cool. like, this could get dangerous later on. I shouldn't. And that's what the Hulk taught me. They was like, don't do that. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to flash out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, what it's about called you? assault now. Yeah, for real. It's <laughs> right. like now, yeah. yeah. Now it's assault. Now it's assault. When you're a kid, it's just like. It's just fights. Mm-hmm. That's it's just, just fights, what it is. You know? But yeah, it might have been assault. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Charles? Yeah, so I guess for the purpose of the recording, I want you to repeat the question. Oh, yeah. To get uh, a response yeah. To it. Um, when you think of managing emotions, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? Yeah, so okay. with me, um, I think it's largely due to the job that I have as a dentist, right? You know, I every patient, you know, regardless of how many I have in a day, you know, 10, 20, whatever, uh, every patient is coming in with their own emotions, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's dealing with, whatever in their lives. So I always try to look at um, human interactions and the ones that I have at work in particular through that lens. And everybody's going through something, whether it's good, good, bad, or neutral in their lives. So emotions are, you know, every human goes through them. Yeah. And, um, and to me that helps with whatever I'm going through in recognizing, okay, like it's just part of the human experience. Mm. You know, whether you're feeling, whether I'm feeling happy, sad, joyful, uh, disappointed, whatever, whatever emotion I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, just in recognizing that my patients are going through a lot of the same shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've experienced it at some point in their lives. So that's number one. Number two, with regards to emotions, I think it's important to have a healthy outlet. So for me, it's always been the gym. But, yeah. you know, for some people, it could be playing the piano or the violin or cooking or, mm-hmm. or you know, enjoying the sunset or their dog or it could be anything. Yeah. So I think the key is having a healthy outlet with regards to your emotions. Um, and then tying back into that first point, because emotions are a part of the lived human experience, you mm. have to learn how to how to manage them successfully. Yeah, is that simple? Whether you're, you know, the homeless guy sleeping under I five or Jeff Bezos, yeah. you know, uh, all humans have emotions. Some clearly can manage theirs better than others. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you 
you know, in society, there's no shortage of, you know, hot-headed men out there that are trying to blast somebody over nothing. Yeah. Can can but, you all... Oh, I'm sorry. You no, yeah, man. That's all about right. it, really. I was saying, I was going... So my next question would be, like, can y'all all think of a moment where you probably could have managed that better? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we all had them. But does anything stick out to you? Like, I know for me, I go through this, like, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing me because anger runs deep in my family. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I try to be mindful of that because, you know, the all that generational trauma travels. You know sure. what I'm saying? And like some days, especially being a father of three kids, they will test all your all your little patients. Oh, yeah. And I sometimes I have to like stop. And so it, it's funny because my kids will catch me pausing to respond. Hmm. And that's what I learned. Like, um, I remember like I yelled at my kid once and I it was like a snap thing. I had a long day mm. and it was bad. And my kid, he I mean messed up, but like it it was child shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like anything that was warranted in any of that. And I yelled at him and I saw the fear in his eyes. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Mm. I don't I don't want my kid to fear me. You know, so uh I went back and I spoke to him. I was like, you know, I was out of line. I was I went a little. I'm sorry for yelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just and I think it's important to a, apologize to your children when you fuck up. Cause like I never got an apology mm-hmm. from anybody. You know, like my mom nor my dad. No, so I. nah. So like they was like, nah, I did this. They mm-hmm. like and, and even if it wasn't a apology, they was like, I did what I had to do. I'm sorry if you feel that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But it wasn't that there was no accountability. And I think accountability is super important. So, but it was out of that. What came from that was me wanting to go to therapy more mm. at that time. It was because I didn't want to, I, I was like, I don't want to be this guy that walks around with this anger chip on my shoulder all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like life ain't, life really wasn't that fucking hard at that time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but it was just like, we're all human. We get overwhelmed. We get stressed mm. and things like that. And I was like, I don't want my kids to fear me. A lot of people want their kids to fear them, and that's that's not what I want. When when you fear them, you keep things away from them. They become they become an opponent, mm-hmm. and I don't want my kids to look at me as an opponent. And so that's something that I, I constantly work on. Even today, you know, to this day, I constantly work on providing a safe space emotionally for my children by managing some emotions. Now, granted, you know that shit has to come out at some point, which is why you know, a therapy's great. Using a, a positive outlet, mm-hmm. try to go to the gym. I, I art art saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to. Um, I remember I was watching this old hip hop documentary called The Show. I don't know if y'all old fire, school. That was a fire documentary. Documentary, yeah, yeah and yeah. it was like, and it was one of my favorite documentaries. <clears throat> but one of the things that that sticks out to this day for me is um, they were interviewing Tretch from Naughty by Nature, <laughs> and he was like, you know, we come from the slums and all that stuff like that. And he's like, yo, man, if I wasn't doing this this rap shit, I'd be breaking in, I'd your, be breaking house. in your house, yeah. <laughs> whooping your kids with yeah. a pistol. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, without that outlet, man, I don't know where I would be. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, tell me about a time that, that you may have not been your best self dealing with an emotion. <laughs> I just gave y'all mine. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I... Like, any, any, remember... Nothing criminal. Yeah, I just want to say nothing criminal, guys. I mean, this, is, <laughs> this was uh, maybe about a month or so ago now. But mm-hmm. there was this um, this one patient was uh, you know he he had multiple like 
appointments he did not show up for, mm. right? And um, so I called him to ask me, hey, man, uh, you know, you had an appointment scheduled at noon or whatever the time was. And he said that, uh, you know, that, oh, I was expecting to get a reminder call from the clinic. I was like, I mean, I didn't handle it the right way, but I was like, look, you're a grown ass man. Like, you, <laughs> like, you need, you need us to come pick you up at the school bus too. I mean, come on. And I mean, that was not, that's, that was not the best way to handle it. Yeah. You know, he ended up like writing up a complaint saying like, I was a professional in my like dialect to him, but I was like, but it's like, you're grown. You are though. Yeah. <laughs> you're grown. Like, and the fact that his, the fact that his excuse was like, oh, I was expecting a reminder. Call. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if that was inappropriate though. I don't think I, it was, I feel like that was hella appropriate. Well, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have used the profanity in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, yeah. this is all like because honestly, like everybody knows when you're in a professional state, we have our black response yeah. and our regular response. Right. Yeah. And so that was a borderline black response. Well, yeah, that was that a black was, response. Yeah, when them in the military. That yeah. was a black so, response. Like, yeah, yeah. You're a grown ass man, like. Yeah. yeah, like you need to take responsibility for your own actions. Like you have a smartphone. I, I went off on the guy. Listen, like, if if you if all y'all get a gun at y'all job, you can you can say grown ass man. <laughs> that's real. You can that's you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's pistols around. You can say yeah. grown ass man. Yeah, I'm not gonna I was at the range yesterday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, was your emotion um, annoyance or anger? Yeah, I was just pissed off because he was okay. wasting like. But if you're not gonna show up, just contact yeah. us yeah. and say, hey, I can't make it. We can get to another patient, get another patient in. Right. It needs to come in. That's there. what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Like, we have yeah. soldiers deploying every day. So yeah. it's like you, him being selfish and not even giving us the courage yeah. to see the call mm -hmm. means that a soldier's treatment was needlessly delayed. Absolutely. You know, that was, an, that was mm -hmm. yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of the equipment, like once it's, once it's unwrapped, yeah. like it's no longer sterile. Yeah. And so, so there's just like just needless waste that he, he created by his selfish actions. Like mm -hmm. it's fr just frustrating. Did you feel like your... Uh, comment or your, your what you said to him was inappropriate because of the context in which you work or because you actually felt like you 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 did too much no no, no i i didn't think i did too much no, <laughs> no, 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 it, was, it, was it was strictly from the work perspective right i, got no, you. I mean i, I got probably you. kept it too real with him because yeah, i was yeah. like no. but maybe he needed that though. yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah. like, like that's you, my thing you yeah. held him account yeah. accountable yeah. Yeah. in a way that maybe other people haven't, yeah. or maybe he hasn't listened yeah. to them whole. That's real. Mm. I had to, I had to learn to like temper that. Yeah. I think um, I was, <laughs> I was watching something, and they they mentioned it was like you got to be wary about your expectations for the friends you have. Right. Like yeah. you can, you can set them up and put them in a space where they can sink deeper into self doubt by wishing your goals on them, mm. your goals for them on them. It's like, yo, man, you can do this, man. Why are you playing around? You can be this. You can be this. And we're thinking we're being positive. Yeah. But for them, it adds extra pressure on themselves. And then um, I remember I was I was going through massage therapy school. And I honestly wasn't feeling it. Like, And that was towards the end of my program, too. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't feeling it. I was just like, I don't see myself really doing this. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend yell at me about it. Like, why won't you finish the, the school? And I was like, I just don't. I don't think I can do, I don't want to do this. Like, it's mm. just not like, and they were, and I can tell it just felt like projection too. Right. Be because mm. it was like, they were mad, they felt more mad that I wasn't finishing a program. Right. That, and I was like, what does this have to do with you? Mm. And it, it it drove a wedge through our friendship. Right. And it was, it was, I, I was profound by that, but then I realized I was like, oh man, they are, 
they're speaking from their own personal thing. Like that's something that they have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know? And also I have my personal thing too, because it made me feel bad about it. Cause I was like, oh, now I'm being judged. Like now my friend thinks I'm a failure, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and all the things. And it, it really, I still left. Cause I was like, above all, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not happy, ultimately I made the decision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it didn't help to not have my friends support at the time. Yeah, maybe you just ain't want to rub people down. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I didn't, like, it really is a lot of hell on your hands. I respect the hell yeah. out of massage therapists because yeah. I know what the work that gets put into it, like your mm-hmm. hands are. All right, beat. Ooh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's harsh. It's harsh at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that, that was my thing. Um, do y'all think that overall, like looking around at the atmosphere, when it comes to black men in emotion that we are put in a box per se, Overall, like, I think that, or has it gotten better over the years? I remember mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, our father's age and things like that. It's like, they can only have, you know, baby, please come back on the whoop yes. No, I think <laughs> it's, I think it's worse. You think now. it's worse? I'd say it's even worse, too. The reason why mm. it's worse is because of the media and how people portray themselves on media. Because myself, I'm a YouTuber, right? So yeah. I understand, like, people tend to put people on a pedestal of like how they are because they see them on their phones and oh, they have a million followers, yada, yada. They tend to put those people on a pedestal. So then they look up to them. But what those same people don't realize is at the end of the day, everyone, everyone ties their shoes the same. Everyone goes and uses the bathroom the same way. There's nothing different about you and I than your mindset and how you look at things. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the media, how I was talking about is like, there's a lot of gang violence and like how people glamorize like going out and killing someone or whatever. And these are black men mm-hmm. and other black men look up to these men because they don't have fathers and they don't have guidance in their life to direct them the right way. And myself, I wouldn't necessarily say like my dad, he was in my life. Um, he's getting back into my life now, but it's, it's not like I had that father experience and how I hear from other people. Mm-hmm. And even my mom, she's always been there with for me materially, mm-hmm. but not very much emotionally. Mm-hmm. So it was up to me to figure out in, in my own way of how I need to deal with stuff. And I knew, I know the difference between right and wrong. And I know it more today than I ever did before because mm-hmm. I have my family members that are younger than me that are actively doing these like gang, this gang violence stuff and going out and wanting to go kill someone and talking about killing people. And it's like, it's all evil. And basically it's, it's just, to me, it's it's just worse yeah, nowadays yeah. than how it was before. Cause before it was more so like, oh, I'm going to whip your ass with a belt. And, you, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, I don't know your experience and you know, everyone's experience, <laughs> but this is just kind of from what I've heard. And, mm-hmm. but now it's like, people look up to these other men and just think that that's okay. And it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I, I would I would challenge some of that because I, yeah. I, I do feel like the term like evil is a blanket statement in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of nuance that comes to it. Not just not to say that these things that are done mm-hmm. have any like righteous intent. Mm-hmm. Right. I do think that there are troubled people who go through moments and they feel lost. You know what I'm saying? I can't look at... I've learned to, like, look at the nuance of it all. Because if I look at a homeless person 
like, and I can't just automatically assume that this homeless person is a downtrodden human being. Mm-hmm. Like, w- when you think of the economy and everything, you realize you we, everybody's two paychecks from being homeless in, in, right. in certain cases. Right. There are some... Halifax. Exactly. So, like, the, the you know, the poverty disparity moment, right? You think about where people grow up. For example, um, the family member that was murdered, he was murdered by another family member. Mm. And so... While I am very, you know, hurt and upset and all that, I understand I understand what led him to that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a blanket evil. He was a product of a lot of abuse. Mm. He was a product of a lot of like self-shame and self-hate. Right. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't like he was he didn't have the positive mm-hmm. uh, vibe. And he 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 believed that. And belief is something. You know mm. what I'm saying? When you believe, like we we speak life and death. If you believe that you are certain, if you believe that you're a savage and all those things like that, because you don't have any positive, like a lot of these kids don't grow up with any positive influences. Mm. They they have like, you know, there's food deserts, things like that. You don't you don't get hunger. You don't get. They, they gave up. They stopped. We grew up around after school programs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't have after school programs. Right. And so to have to be stuck in that, these kids are still gonna need things. You know, they're still gonna need a level of guidance. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel more sorry for. Kids these days, because like they don't have that level of support, yeah. And a lot of the like the OGs kind of like look at them like, ah, fuck y'all, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really take the time to like try to mentor them as well mm-hmm. because they black men are already viewed as a threat mm-hmm. by society, mm-hmm. and it just it makes it, I think, it compounds and makes it worse when you're also viewed as a threat by your own people. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. Challenge some of that. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> like, um, I remember as a kid, my father was, uh, you know, at various points of his life, at various levels of success. And probably at, at the last 20 years of his life, he had a, a good amount of success. Yeah. Um, but I remember he, I, he was at some event, and just due to the, the timing of it, I had to be picked up from school and go with him. And something or other had happened at school or maybe just whatever I was going through in life at the time uh, was a lot for me. And I remember like I had a sullen expression on my face the whole time. And he introduced me to some people and I I half-heartedly like shook their hands, (laughs) things like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember... When we got home, he admonished me about it and beat the shit out of me. Mm. And um, today, that would be assault. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it was how uh, people were raised and taught about what they should or should not do. Mm -hmm. Mm. And what I carried from that event was that I should, regardless of how I am feeling, smile and put on a mask. Mm. And I, because of that, I have worn many masks, you know, um, or a veil, as maybe Du Bois would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, from, from that point on, I had to get to an older point where I felt that 
it was okay to have the emotions that are native to me in the moments that I have them. Mm -hmm. Um, And what he was teaching me by beating me was survival. But maybe that survival, that that way that we needed to survive at one point has become outmoded. There are Mm -hmm. other ways to express manhood. There are other ways to um, teach safety. And I think living in a time now where mental health is something that's often expressed in the media. So I don't think the media is all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also uh, mental health services being more avail- readily available than Absolutely. ever before. Yeah. And on top of that, it not no longer being okay just to assault children mm-hmm. um, and no longer just being seen as part of the black experience, I think is a positive thing. And I think that um, it took me many years to get over a lot of those traumas mm-hmm. um, of a lot of that old school bullshit. Hmm. that we need to leave behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that um my I grew up, you know, my family grew up deep south. And so you know, it's definitely the I beat you cuz I love you. And I knew they were coming from a sense of protection because it was like I remember like my granddad was like the world going to be tougher to you than I am. Right. Hmm. It's like they they ain't going to love they ain't going to love you like I do. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I I recognize the love in that. But I also recognize where he's coming from. My granddad was also a sharecropper yeah. when he was young. And like that that slave, that slave narrative and mentality was was very heavy and prevalent. And what people don't realize is that some of that stuff really carries over. Yeah. Um, from the slave from the slavery times. You know, they beat the they beat the slaves, they beat the and then it's like spare the rod, you know, spoil the child, spare the rod, whatnot. And that to this day, I don't there was no real benefit in that. There's something that we are still to this day trying to decolonize ourselves from. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't really, I don't, I don't beat my kids because, because I see myself in them. And when you see yourself in people, you, you, you try to treat them better. I, one of the things that helped me deal with my depression and deal with life issues and things like that, there was like, picture the person you love. Now, would you, if the person you love messed up, would you tell them that, what you tell yourself? You know, and it was like, if you treat other people you love with grace, you should give yourself that. Uh, and that, and that's what I learned to do. So like, when I mess up, I can't be like, idiot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell that to somebody I love. Right. So, and I love myself. Right. So why would I tell myself that? And I and, and it really helped me um, change that. And so I try to like do that towards others. You know, and also being a little bit more real with people. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we hide our emotions for the comfort of others. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not all good. Sometimes you don't have a good day. You know, I, I, I think it's important to also have compassion mm-hmm. because compassion is compassion <clears throat> is something that I feel like is a little lacking. I, I think that we've really embraced the the kind of like villainy aspect of pop culture mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Now there's, I mean, and, and you're right to a certain extent, there's good and bad with it. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that there's more social, uh, more mental health facilities. There's more of progressiveness to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But there's still certain things like with the pop culture is like, all right, it's fun to be the asshole. And it's like, no, nah, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's still a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. Do you have... So yeah, so that moves me to my next thing. Like, what's what's a personal thing that you're trying to work on emotionally at this moment? When you have a you have a smirk. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, in this moment, what am I trying to work on? Yeah, what are you trying to work on emotionally? Oh man, I think it's just um. I mean, all of this is so important to think about in the context of, because a lot of what I was trying to do emotionally was just have a better regulation than my father did. Mm. Mm. But that's not a personality. Mm. That's a defense mechanism. Mm. And so now I just try to be in the moment with emotions and be be courageous to name them. Mm. And it goes back to what you were saying with your kids. It's like, I never, my mom never told me she was afraid or anything. It was always just like, you know, a lot of yelling and do do a, do as I say, not as I do kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll sit down with my daughter and I'll say, daddy wasn't as patient as he'd like to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I apologize for that. Yeah. She, and she'll say, well, you need to count to four, daddy. And calm down. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Can we practice that right now? That's mm-hmm. awesome. So I think also it's just mirroring for me. It's how do I... Uh, regulate and manage my own emotions so I can mirror that for my daughter mm-hmm. so she can move on beyond everything I and my wife went through as mm-hmm. kids. Thanks. Yeah, well, no, one, one, no, one thing that uh, ex-girlfriends have complained about is me not being emotionally available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I've never been... I've never really thought of myself as particularly emotional. I mean, I do... I definitely feel emotions based on human experience, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am, for better or worse, able to compartmentalize and just able to focus on whatever task needs to be done, whether that's, you know, focusing on my patient or this is going back to boards, you know, focusing on my board exams, regardless of external noise or, um, you know, so I, I've been blessed with the ability to focus on the task at hand mm. and kind of, you know, put emotions to the side, at least for the time being, so I can focus on whatever task is is in front of me. Mm. But that's certainly been, uh, you know, a complaint that I've heard from, mm. <laughs> from women in the past. How do you handle constructive criticism? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, depends on who it's, who it's coming from, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Probably not the greatest. To be honest, <laughs> y'all be honest. Yeah, I understand. Um, I understand. In the sense that, um, especially if, especially if there's something I'm working towards, and I'm just kind of like putting my emotions to the side, mm-hmm. um, that tends to. I mean, I'm strictly speaking from like women I've heard this complaint from. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a recurring yeah. thing, but it typically just pisses them off even more, mm. into the point where the relationship just ends up falling apart. Mm. Yeah, but that's my lived experience. Yeah. But what are you currently doing to to rectify that? Trying to, yeah. So I mean, I'm, she, he knows I met an awesome met an awesome woman. Uh, we met in the wild. 
back in May, I was out grabbing some beers with some buddies of mine and, you know, it was a real cute woman came in and introduced myself and the rest is history. So she's my girlfriend mm-hmm. now. Thankful for that. Obviously not trying to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. I yes, she, sir. I hope she hears that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that one thing that I learned from you is the importance of having that, you know, that report card moment mm-hmm. where you just kind of talk like, hey, like, what's good? Yeah. What do I yeah. need to improve on? The checking is important. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, I think that's a big one there. I yeah. got questions like, if she's if the women are saying that you're emotionally unavailable, yeah, is that because you don't ex- express your emotions like they do? Uh, I mean, it's probably it's probably part of it. I'm very so so I'm, maybe those those women are just kind of like fun for now. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's, that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but but I don't know. It seems like they're projecting something on you yeah. about how you express emotions. Like maybe, maybe the way that you express emotions is what's native to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't like this whole idea of somebody shaming you for your emotional output not looking like theirs. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, I probably, I mean, I think a big part of it is due to communication or lack thereof, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like um, I can be, With women, I, 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 depending on how I feel about it, yeah. there are certain topics I'll just avoid and yeah. just be like, you know what, fuck it. Like, it's water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, no. mm-hmm. Let me just focus on what I need to focus on for yeah. the day. And then we either will or not talk about it. But how does that service you at the end of the day? Because, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it, it, it can be stressful, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, like, it has, it doesn't, it, I'm trying to think of a situation where it's like it hasn't. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of a situation yeah. where I've had like debilitating stress where I haven't been able to get. Well, no, nah, but to get done, done. But it's not like you know, it's it's never like you know, always like these these um, big Extremes, moments, right? Yeah. Extremes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's like you know, you push little feelings aside, mm-hmm. and then shit builds up. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm a. This got on my nerves, but you know what? It's not that serious. Yeah. And then before you know it, like something else happened, you think, man, it's just like that last time she yeah. did the dumb yeah. shit. But, you if you, but if you don't bring it up, yeah. there's no way that she can course correct. Exactly. Or that you can course correct. Or so. sometimes we're afraid to bring things up because we're afraid that everybody start an argument. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. what I've learned is like part of it is it's a way you you bring something up. Yeah. It's only, not always what you bring up, it's like how you bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh I remember someone brought up something. I remember when I was in customer service um, training of all mm. things. They was like, hey, sometimes when you ask questions of somebody, it was like, not just your customer, but let's say you're dealing with a partner. Mm. They're like, don't say what, say how, mm. because what is what is combative? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But if you ask how, like, how can we get past this? It's more inviting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's genius. Mm. And, I, and I used it and it worked. Because mm. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. I used to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Or what's going on with you? <laughs> And so what's going on with you can be like combative and so yeah. they'll shut down. Yeah. But they be like, hey, how you know, how can we get past this? Yeah. Mm. And then they go, Oh, okay, well, and you you may get a straight answer. There's open dialogue, right? right? Uh being polyamorous, you know, I date multiple people. And what I've learned about that is that it's one thing when like you have one partner, y'all, y'all have a disagreement, it's like, oh that they just hating. It's whatever. But when a bunch of people are saying the same shit about you, have the same complaint, it's me. Mm. 
Mm. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. and that forces me not to really change myself, mm-hmm. but it changes how I, you know, once again, it's the how versus what. What's wrong with me versus how can I relate myself better to to um, make this an open situation? And I, and I had to learn how to communicate a little bit better. How can I improve? Yeah, how yeah. can I improve? But also, how can I communicate my feelings? Because there's nothing wrong with your feelings. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with like, because a lot of that is is projecting as well. Projection as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people, people may have complaints and they'd be like, and a lot of that is based on like, what they're really saying is like, I want you to be there for me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It, it may not be that you're not emotionally available. You're emotionally available. They just want you to be there in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's just getting to the root of that. Okay. And something as simple as, okay, hey, listen, how do we get to that point? Because I don't want you to feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I learned that through marriage. Marriage has taught me. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, marriage has taught me to ask the questions no matter how blatant it seems. Mm-hmm. Never make assumptions. And so a lot of times it's like, hey, how do we get past this point? I know I already know. I just need to, I need you to know that this is something that I want to work on with us. And it's it's very blatant. And it's usually how I'm able to like manage my emotions because you know, I get pissed off too. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck y'all problem is? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's what I'm thinking. And then it's like, okay, how do I transfer this nigga thoughts to, you know, <laughs> To normal thoughts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just nigga to normal. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> so can, can Google, Google Translate. Yeah. So yes. how how do you manage other people's emotions to combat with your own emotions? I can't. Yeah. I can't manage other people's emotions. I, I can only manage how I respond to them. Right. I've been around angry people. And what I've what I what help what helps me mm-hmm. is to know that anger is the bodyguard of hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when people are angry, there's something that's hurt, hurting inside of them. So I try to address the hurting part. Mm-hmm. So like if, if someone's yelling at me, things like that, and I know, if I know something, because sometimes people yell, people be angry, you don't know, and that's something that mm-hmm. you can't control. Right. But let's say for the benefit of the doubt, I know why they're angry. I'm going to be like, yo, let's let's address the hurt part. Like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, how how are you, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. how can we how we get better? I understand you're angry. Like, recognize what they're going through too. Right. You know, recognize, like, call out, call out what they're going through. Like, hey, I see that you're angry. Mm-hmm. And and care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Care that they're angry. Not yeah. like, I see you're angry, tough break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just be like, no, I see that you're angry. What's yeah. going on? Like, how can I let's you know, because when a lot of times people are looking for compassion. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, that's all they want. Mm-hmm. It's compassion. People are just looking to be heard and seen. Mm-hmm. Not and not necessarily have you solve it too. It's just a lot of times you do your best job being supportive as hell by simply listening mm-hmm. and acknowledging. You know, and that's sure. what I've learned to do. I listen and acknowledge people. Yeah. It's a thing I constantly have to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of the things that I have to stop myself and be like, okay, let me listen and acknowledge the fact that I heard them. And that's it. Yeah. You can't say the word. As you asked that question about uh, managing other people's emotions, I had one of those moments where I wanted to be like an older man, be like, 
Listen, young blood. Better see goddamn people emotions. You can't manage anybody else's emotions. Like um, I felt know, a yeah. cigarette spark like just now with that, <laughs> that song, and, and, and it was a cool. Yeah, it was, it was cool. cool. It was cool. Listen, bro. No, benching and hedges just burned it up. <laughs> but I, I think right. we think that. Yeah. And I don't. I think like even today, I think I'm responsible for other people's emotions, mm. and I have to somehow regulate their emotions. Mm. And once you kind of rid yourself of that, mm. communication opens up and mm-hmm. curiosity opens up. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're like, how do I not let them be sad? How do I let them be angry? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. That's what they're gonna do. I get to control how I respond to that. Mm. That's right. a good word that you use. Like to meet uh, someone's responses. With curiosity, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, instead Thanks. of condemnation, you know, this has been mm-hmm. yeah. like yes. it's like absolutely ask a curious question, not an accusatory one. Yeah, right? absolutely. Mm. The yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. That's that relationship yeah. judo. Is that, that is. Yeah. Yeah. You thought we, yeah. Yeah. You thought we also, were going to argue. <laughs> another another thing that I learned was that honestly, like people are at war with themselves, and they want to mm. draft you into their war. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can't be a part of their war. You know what I'm saying? They 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 already in that battle right now. Yeah. You know, I remember um I was talking to this lady the other day. If you're hearing this, my bad. Um, so <laughs> I'm not gonna say any names. But they were like, Hey, can you explain this whole polyamorous thing to me? Because mm-hmm. I don't understand how this, that, this, that. And you know, I just need you to help me work through that. And I was like, Well, that's not my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I can and I was like, let me know how I can help you support you while you work through this process. But it's not my job for you to um, figure out how you can um, how you can make my lifestyle make sense. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I've I've already done the work for me. Yeah, I can't do theirs. the work for you. Yeah, right. And I was like, but I tell you what, I can support you hmm. in figuring this out while you while you work through it. I was like, I'll be supportive while you work through your thoughts. I can give you a bibliography. Absolutely, <laughs> all that. You know? <laughs> Google is free. Google you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. yeah, I was like, hey, I can support you while you work through it. But I cannot help you. Um, I cannot. I cannot change your thoughts. You know, and I think that it's important to state that too, mm-hmm. because a, we need to learn how to draw boundaries. I think I, I always jokingly say men have no moral fortitude when it comes to things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I jokingly say it, but because I know it's not all the way true. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we be on some. I'm just happy to be here. Shit mm-hmm. with oh. things where there's opportunities where it's like. You know, people, and and part of it is because we put our own boundaries aside. A lot of people date women they don't like because mm-hmm. they look good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I've always, I've decided years ago, I was like, fuck people you admire, and if you don't admire them, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? So like, I only only deal with people that I admire, respect, and like. Whether mm. that that goes for men, women, anything. Nobody's around me that I don't want them to be. Mm. Mm. So, so Chris, I um... yes, sir. I think I think we've talked about this before. So yes. I'm I'm recently divorced. Yes. Um and in my marriage which only lasted a year, mm-hmm. which I I carry shame about that. But uh there was constant uh argument uh in the marriage. And it was because my wife liked to yell Mm. whenever we were discussing things. And um, 
I always felt like during any disagreement, the gloves came off with her. Mm-hmm. And I started to find myself every day mm-hmm. driving into the parking lot of my apartment complex and sitting in the car for an hour trying to get myself together to go into the house mm. or, or apartment rather. And, um, and then kind of figuring out over time that I didn't think the juice was worth the squeeze. Mm. Um, and I constantly in that relationship was trying to manage her reaction to things mm. until I got to the point one day where I was like, that's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and how is this relationship serving me? Um, and, I, and I think that that kind of spoke to the things that I needed to manage as far as my emotions. Mm-hmm. And the emotion that I needed to manage was love, but that wasn't the love of my partner. It was the self-love that made me think it was okay to be in a relationship with somebody who treated me that way. Mm. Yeah. And and somebody that I married, regardless of the fact that I knew that was how they behaved. Um, and so, again, you can't manage other people's emotions. Right. And also, um, I think... One of the things, one of the, I, I think love is like a secondary emotion, right? It's like not yeah. sadness, happiness, and yeah. love is anger. an action. I always say love is an action. I think it's, it's, it's a secondary or tertiary yeah. emotion. I don't know. I have to look that shit up. Yeah, yeah. But I don't listen. Me neither. <laughs> I'm just talking at this point. But uh, I, I think that I, I, I got to the point where I was like, I can't manage this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes um, that's, that's one of the things is like managing, managing your emotion and, and coming to the conclusion that you can't manage others as well. Mm. Also, I would like to add to your point. When you mentioned your divorce, I I would say shame can't live in the light. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that there's no reason to be ashamed of your growth. You went through something it wasn't working for you, you moved on from it. You chose yourself. And I think a lot of times people go through a lot of shame when it comes to divorce because it's like, oh, I couldn't keep a man. I couldn't keep a woman. And not realizing that the flip side of it, you chose yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a moment that you chose yourself. And, you know, for the people around you, your loved ones, your kids, everybody, they see that you chose yourself. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations that I come from a family where they stood together for the sake of appearances and the kids. Right. And what that taught us is to accept abuse yeah. for the sake of. Mm-hmm. But when you when you actively choose yourself, it people are watching. And I think not only that, fuck people watching, you <laughs> made a choice for yourself. And I think that's that in itself is a victory. You mm-hmm. know? I think that's a good thing. And kudos to you. Kudos. Well, yeah, yes, but I, I think it's it's always important to recognize that loss in the sense because it's it's still a part of the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's not like, oh yeah, I got through it. And I I hate when that shit's dismissed, like, oh yeah, fuck that bitch or things like that. Oh, you got a divorce and and, and we just dismiss like that shit didn't matter. No, it mattered. It's still a loss. Mm-hmm. Um I've learned that my heart doesn't know the difference between breakups and death. Mm. And my body reacts the same. You know what I'm saying? A loss is a loss, no matter how it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's some, somebody you love, something that you loved is no longer there. And your body's going to react to that. You know? Oh, that's the club. That's the club. That's the club. <laughs> the, the country spot? Yeah, it's the country spot. It's popping. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's popping. You popping sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, boot scooting. Yeah, boot scooting, man. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's popular. It's, yeah, it is. It's popular. It's, um, you know, back in the day, like, there goes my hero. A bunch of um, white people. But yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's very varsity blues. There it is. It's varsity blues out there right now. But, um, but yeah, like, it's okay to mourn. And I, I think that there's a lot of shame with making life decisions like that because it's not, because it's always viewed as a failure mm-hmm. and not a not a shift in doing something better for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody everybody can win from this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't want you to beat yourself down, man. Yeah. There's a comedian that says that, uh, I can't remember who it is, but he says there's no, there's no, Good marriage that ended in a divorce. Yeah, that would be tragic. I think Louis right. C.K. Yeah, Louis yeah, C.K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. Yeah. said it. Yeah, that would be tragic. It's Everything not- was going good, and we just got a divorce. It's yeah. like no, like the divorce is like that's better now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, it's better now because you you know at the end of the day, it really is about choosing yourself. Yeah. Or what? Even when you're in a marriage, you have to choose yourself because if you live for others, you will end up miserable. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, I hate the you know the term happy wife, happy life. Happy spouse, happy house. That is a myth. Uh-huh. You have to find happiness within yourself. Mm-hmm. And we often like, that's one of the things we go through, especially, you know, with the with the youngins dating and things like, oh, oh they, they, in dating in mm-hmm. general. The thing is you, I always believe, and this is my personal belief, you date your trauma. A right. lot of times what you're going Oof. through, you date the reflection of who you are, mm-hmm. what you need to work on, right? And, you know, a lot of times when you're going through like a bunch of tumultuous things, Maybe that's something that you need to work on within yourself because you have to work on loving yourself first. Mm-hmm. And by the time you look, when you, when you love yourself unconditionally and, and fully, you're going to meet people that reflect that same energy mm-hmm. because we all are reflections of ourselves and our emotions mm-hmm. at the time. You know what I'm saying? There's no, no mistakes in the people you bump into. Mm-hmm. There's no mistakes mm-hmm. in interactions. That, that is supposed to be that way. And there's something that you can learn from each and every person you you um, engage with. Mm-hmm. So that's that is my <laughs> that is my thought. How do you think that? Um, I guess my question is like, what are you? I guess how I'm gonna go with how right. <laughs> How do you plan on maintaining those, those certain emotions? Like, do you all go to therapy? Do you believe in therapy, right? Or do you believe in, like, handling those emotions? I know I asked you, Charles, earlier, like, how do you, in the future, what do you want to do to, like, handle that emotion? I know that's something that you say you're, you're still working on, you think about, mm-hmm. right? Being emotionally present and things mm-hmm. like that. 
But like, how do y'all, how do y'all, I guess, move forward with maintaining your emotions and being more free with it? Are y'all comfortable being free with it, mm. with your emotions? So for me, how I move forward with my emotions and my grief is having a, like a journal, like an outlet mm-hmm. to actually visually look back on. Because it is my book. It's literally my personal book about my life. Mm-hmm. my day-to-day experiences and you know there's times where I'm inconsistent in it however there's times where I'll go into it and I'll look back like a year from today and mm-hmm. I'm like wow this is this is how I felt and then it's that progression of seeing slowly but surely moving forward and growing as a human is what fulfills me as a man growing into becoming a strong man which ultimately is gonna mm-hmm. fulfill my children and my children's children because I'm standing on a generation of my parents and their parents and their parents and their parents, right? And it's really, that's that's kind of how I personally manage it. And it's just really a visual to see, this is how I felt at this day, at this time. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have like, a, for me, if I don't have some something to visually look at and look like this is how I felt, then it never truly happened because we're ever growing and ever changing. Because how we felt yesterday is probably not how we're going to feel today. Yeah, vice absolutely. Versa, you know, et cetera. Hmm. What about y'all? Man, I'm a, I'm a huge, a huge fan and advocate of therapy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, um, you all talk about going to the gym. I used to go to the gym, but I just sit there. So I think therapy is the same way. You have to show up and do the work. I think mm-hmm. if you're not willing to practice vulnerability and awareness outside of therapy, therapy won't help. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of show up and be able to process stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. A huge fan and um, you know, I know that a lot of stigma, I think the stigma is kind of going down. Um, I still feel that I've been stigmatized and even Mm -hmm. my my desire to pursue that kind of um, mental health has been weaponized against me recently. I'm still a huge advocate and I have no shame yeah. I'm talking about it. I think it's scary that you wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you wouldn't do maintenance on your psyche. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Of course. All right, guys. I'm going to ask y'all one last question. And it's going to be lightweight uncomfortable. I like that. Um, when is the last time? And I ask, I ask this question to people in general. And it's always <laughs> like, I get, you know, Mitch responses from it. But it's all good. When is the last time you cried tears of joy? I think uh, I think it was dental school graduation. I, I can't. I don't know if I. I don't think yeah. I've cried since. Uh, Word. Uh, I don't think I've. I don't think I've cried tears of joy since. I've cried at funerals and stuff, but not tears yeah. of joy. Yeah, tears of joy. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think I've cried at residency. Maybe I, I want to say. Another, I don't know if I remember if I cried or not, but there was another another instance that m- where I might have cried tears of joy was uh, my boy's wedding. Mm-hmm. So I was just so happy for him and his bride. That's so they're awesome. Just, they're real good people, and I grew up with them. That's awesome. Um, the one definite one that comes to mind is dental school graduation. Yeah, for sure. Just because I was like, I just felt yeah, like just, like, it felt like I won the Super Bowl. That's like, an accomplishment. Finally, man. finally done with this. That's yeah. quite the accomplishment. Yeah. What about you, Win? <laughs> 
recently, I've been crying a few tears of joy. Mm. Uh, and it's been surrounded by these moments where you feel that, you know, that fear, that fear is the 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 only thing kind of holding you back from things. And once you kind of mm. deal with the the impermanency of your life, you kind of have this moment of just great relief because mm. people try to hold weird stuff over your head and threaten you with things and you get all, what am I going to do? And you just say, do it. And mm. you have this moment of just kind of shedding of everything and you say, woo. Like, yeah, that freedom. We're all going to mm. die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so unless you're going to kill me. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, we're going to work through that in therapy, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you, Jabari? I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not religious. Okay. But I take my mother to church on Sundays mm-hmm. uh, just because I want her. It's something that makes her happy. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point in my life, I have one parent left, mm-hmm. and I just want to make that one parent as happy as I can while they're here. Mm-hmm. Just make some good memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was uh I was in there uh, the Sunday. They were singing some old timey gospel songs. And it was like a older woman singing a solo. And you could tell she had just been through some shit in life. Mm-hmm. And that you know, the way that she believes in a higher power is what got her through it. And uh, and I thought about all the things and all the moments that have, could have taken me out in this life. And I just cried. Mm-hmm. And it felt great. And I don't know, I also just like have this affinity for old black music. Like, yes. You know, it might sound, that sounds like when they sing it, some cotton might not be that far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I feel you. You I know what I mean? And, and there's something very moving about that. And um, and it I, it just moved me in a way. And, I, and tears were just flowing. And it felt great to be able to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom felt that the Holy Spirit was inside of me. Mm. And I felt that there was a, a spirit of something really life-affirming inside of me at that moment. Mm. Like there was an affirmation of just getting through existence despite the precarious nature of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Last but not least. <clears throat> Honestly, with me, I feel like a lot of times I suppress that emotion and suppress that crying emotion just because I feel like when I cry, I am very vulnerable in front of others. And I tend to, like, I do it very well, like, Mm. to the point where I'll be on the verge of, you know, busting out in tears. But I just, I don't know what it is about me that suppresses that within myself because I don't want to be shown or be looked at as weak, even though I do know at the end of the day it's not about what others think about me because I can go... I'm the type of person I can go talk to any person on the street, the grocery store. Like I have no sort of like that ego in a sense. But mm-hmm. when it comes to that specifically, I I don't know why it is the way it is. I just like stop myself from crying. Mm-hmm. And I can't really recall a moment where I felt so joyful to the point where I did start crying because mm-hmm. I always suppress it. 
even when I'm sad in front of others. Obviously, yeah. when I'm alone, you know, I I'll release it. But yeah. when I'm around others, I I don't know. That's just something I do. Mm. Like you know, thinking about it now, that's something I do a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I'll I'll be on the verge of tears and I'll just suppress it because mm. I just don't want to be seen as weak and I don't know why that is and yeah. you know that maybe that's should go to therapy for that yeah talk about it there <laughs> I, I feel you um I, I would say as a person of my age and where you are mm. I understand that I, I went through a long period of time where I I was a performer I was a personal performer mm-hmm. I would be charismatic Mm-hmm. I'd be performative, right? Great around people. It was great for survival. It was great to have people accept me, mm-hmm. and I was charismatic. And people thought that that's who I was, and I was not that person for years, right? right? But it's when I accepted my true self and who I was, I was able to be more free with my emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's when, like, I cry a lot now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think as you get older, you start to cry a lot more right. uh, when you're more tuned with yourself and your emotions, and you don't feel like you have to um to be this person to people mm. for your own and and we do it for our own safety right right mm. i i had to do that because everybody would have thought i was weird if i was my true self so i would i would be this charismatic guy who mm. threw parties and i was a hip hop artist and all those things right, right? and so it it just locked down i i avoided all real emotions mm. you know what i'm saying i just kept it surface with a lot of people and it was only when I got older, after you get married, you had these kids and yeah. things like that. And it's like, everything's flowing. Last time I cried tears of joy was um, my youngest son. He came up to me randomly and he was like, I love you, dad. And it wasn't like for any other reason. He just was like, I love you, dad. And I was like, oh, and he just cuddled next to me. And I'm, I thought about being present in the moment. With your, with your kids mm-hmm. and being present in the moment in general and, and realizing that we have so much to think about and so much to be worried about in our lives. And sometimes it's just as simple as like loving the thing that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, and there's no shame in it. Right. You know, and I just, I kind of teared up. I was like, oh man, that is, and even then it catches you off guard because you're like, oh God, I'm crying. But, um, <laughs> but also I'm, I was grateful. I was grateful I can be here and present with my child because you, it, for them it's as simple as they're just hugging their dad. Uh-huh. But for me, I'm thinking like generationally, like I didn't, I didn't get this, mm-hmm. and I get to pay it forward and give this to my child, mm-hmm. and my child feels safe. He feels safer than I've ever felt. Wow. Young, middle, adult, everything. He feels he's safer than I've ever been mm-hmm. because of because of his trust in me. And that that's such a grateful feeling, you know what I'm saying. So I'm I was I was internally I, I cried tears of joy, gratitude, and mm-hmm. just gratefulness about that, you know. Hell yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So that was that was a that was a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, thank you. Well, mm-hmm. thank you all for um, taking this time, being vulnerable with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always good to to sit down with y'all. This is this helps me a lot in general. So like. Yeah, this is cool, the podcast shit, whatever. <laughs> but, like, honestly, it's the conversation that really um, I benefit from, to be honest with you. And I hope you all do as well. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening. creating the space. Thank, thank you, man. This is, thank you thank for you. having me here. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the times 
every moment in my life, I just realized it really is God. Like yeah. he is pushing me along the way. Yeah. And I didn't realize that like not even like a month or two ago. And I was just to that point where I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I'm even alive today. There's been times where I've had guns pulled out on me. Yeah. Even when I'm doing, was doing door to door, this guy pulled a gun out on me because I knocked on his door. Word. I was like, wow, you know. Oh, shit, the, the kid, the, the black kid who knocked on the wrong door looking for his sibling. Yeah, got shot. Yeah. Got shot, yeah. yeah I mean, he lived with Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because life is fickle, man. And people, people, people yeah. out here. I, I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, man. No problem, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. But thank y'all all for listening, man. This has been great. Big Brother Club for grown men. <laughs> hey. I'm going to keep doing it. Hey. All right. Hey. Good. Good.